so this is our weekly podcast that we do. Uh, we stream it live on LinkedIn, although you know we're we're trying to get better about building some promotion around that. But um, I think we're going to pull out some topics from the community, and one topic from the community, and then one topic that we're currently working on that uh, both Christy and I have to go execute on in 2021, which I think will be interesting. So, um, Christy, why don't we start with maybe the one from the community? Do you want to uh, maybe kick us off with a scenario or a question, and we'll we'll dive in? Yep. Um, so the first question that we came across that we'll have a part A and a part B that I think we'll dig into. So it answers almost two community questions. But the first one is when to make a resource change to an account. So specifically asking when is it appropriate or how to take a CSM off an account, right? And I think in this specific use case, it's one that might be at risk. So Jeff, why don't you kind of kick off with how you think about managing through that process? Well, I think the first thing maybe to not do, uh, it was what came to my mind, which is Probably the first inclination for people is to almost just say, right, this relationship's trending down, right? We're ending this contract or this is coming to a, to a head. So like, let's just pull the resource off as soon as possible because we have better things to work on. I think that's the wrong thing to do immediately because um, I always think about how relationships come back to burn you, you know, and like some way, somehow we're gonna have to be dealing with this person again. So how do we end on a, a good note? So I think just in the instinct, I think people might, you know, jump to, well, that account's churning, like spend 0% of your time there. You know, we have nothing to win. Uh, so let's just move on to the next account. But so I think that's the one thing I think of maybe not to do. Um, but I do think what starts to happen or, or two things that I've done uh, in the past is have the CSM come up with a an offboarding plan, like actually thinking about what does it take? You know, where's the end date for this contract or when are we essentially moving them off the platform or what? You know, when when's the exit date and then kind of working back from there? What are some what are some things that we can help them do to essentially offboard successfully? I know it's not glamorous, it's not great. They're churning from us, like we don't want to be spending a ton of time. But can we at least get them to agree to a couple of milestones that we can focus on? You know, whether it's giving them data, uh, making sure if they're moving to another you know another system or platform, we're you know making that available, like easy for them to do. Essentially, uh, easy for us to do business with is the big thing I think about. So, what is that offboarding plan? I think is something to think about, um, and how do you bake that in? And I think the the approval on that is probably the biggest thing I think of, like. I think again, sometimes we tend to work in silos where we just kind of say, oh, the customer's churning, they don't really care, or like we don't really care, or we're just gonna kind of wherever it goes. But I think if you can get them to agree to that, then it also just helps you to align your resource to say, okay, now that we've got some of these milestones that you have to do, maybe it's pulling data, maybe it's looking at specific dates that we have to have some meetings. Um, how much time do we actually want to allocate towards those things, or do we actually need to approve? And then, okay, what's kind of the remainder in between? And how can we then go apply that to other accounts, to other things that we're trying to go do? Like how can we start to uh, kind of pull your, you know, your thought process out into uh, into other areas that are going to be beneficial to us as a business. So that's just something I think about is that operating plan. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people, I haven't seen a lot of people like tend to do that when there is a, a churned account that's coming. Um, and I'm, I guess I think about it more so just because of the the fact that I think relationships always come back to to haunt you at the end of the day. What do you, what do you think about? So what I think is the most interesting thing here is that you and I took this one question and read it very differently. Oh, so okay. You took it and you ran with the, this customer is churning, like let's take our resources off of it. I read it as this customer is in bad shape. Perhaps the resource we have on it isn't the appropriate resource and we need to make a resource oh. change. Yeah. So I love that we're, we're gonna solve for different problems here. So in your world, we've got this kind of focus on an offboarding plan, which I would 100% agree. And also shared sentiment that people don't do it well. It gets no time and attention, but could have huge upside, right? Like we've, how many times have you seen a new leader come into an organization and immediately take out the technology that's there? Well, guess what? 
you could have one of your champions from another company end up in a leadership role at that company and how you manage them uh, through that process could speak volumes about the partnership and hopefully their ability to bring you back on in the future. So just one example of, of where there could be upside on managing that effectively. Yeah. What I will say is on the, the way I took it, right, was that maybe we're taking a resource off. So what I've seen, because quite frankly, I have never pulled a resource off of an account just because they said they weren't going to renew. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite. It's almost a little bit of like that double down until you find that there is really no path forward. So in a case where you're maybe making a change to a resource because you want to swap it out. Now it could be your customer is shared that that is not the appropriate resource for them. Maybe they have had trouble connecting. Maybe there is a, a skill issue there. Whatever the case may be, perhaps it's the customer has voiced their concerns about this being the best person to support the partnership. In which case, obviously you wanna manage that very carefully because I think that there is the customer management. There's also the employee management of that, right? Because you never wanna make someone feel like, they're not good, they can't do their job. So you wanna make sure that you're handling that very carefully. And so perhaps it is a skill alignment. So making sure you've got a plan on how you very timely manage that with the customer, right? And help yep. you know, intervene as a leader. If you are a leader, intervene quickly. So that way you can help make sure that they feel heard, that you're presenting them with a plan. So the same way you would handle any other objection and that you quickly figure out an appropriate path forward. Um, as far as the employee management, obviously you wanna be sensitive to that, especially as you're communicating with a person who might be taking over the account. You don't wanna say, well, this person didn't do A, they didn't do B, they're not good at C. Um, you wanna handle that very carefully. And so it could just be the customer has a unique need that this person doesn't maybe have the skills or experience to navigate and so we're going to put you on the account there could be other ways to manage that calm but making sure that you're handling that delicately um but i would say more importantly be timely make sure that there is an appropriate knowledge transfer you're resetting expectations and that you do have a clear plan and path for the new csm because i would say also as a very good csm who has received accounts in poor shape in the past myself um you know sometimes when you're really good at your job it is not uncommon that people will toss challenging things your way um set up that new csm for success right and also make sure that you're clear on the accountability um if you're giving somebody somebody an account that's already churning maybe make sure that their comp plan address like you're addressing this financially so that they know what the implications might be if a customer churns um so again there's a lot of these steps that you need to manage so i would say i'm going to make sure i'm managing the comms effectively I'm being very timely and how we're managing through this and we'll be very specific in creating a plan both for our internal resources as well as our customers to make sure it's managed effectively yeah um the one thing that comes to mind for me too is also trying to figure out the best way to, to garner like in your case in the case that you mentioned right is like maybe this isn't working out like we need to pull this resource off um what's the right appropriate feedback too that we're getting from the customer that we can directly give to that person that says here is, you know, like we're, we're doing this for, you know, these types of reasons. And, um, you know, the customer might not always have those things. You might be able to feel some of those, but also if we've got some direct reasons that we can hopefully massage into the right um, kind of, you know, the right verbiage for us to give coaching feedback to our team uh, is also good. One thing that I thought was funny, uh, Alistair Field, who's watching the live stream on LinkedIn said, I read it in a third way, which is the CSM is getting promoted and they may be handling, they may be simply handing off to a new CSM. So I think there's, there's a third way, um, uh, that we can look at it too, which is also just like transition account account transitions, which I think we talked about a couple of weeks yes. ago, um, you know, specifically, but the, um, the other part that I think is interesting, you know, that you mentioned as well is the fact that, you know, there has to be, I think we need to acknowledge this too, with a, with customers be timely, I think was the big thing that I took away from what you mentioned. Like sometimes I think we might wait on these, oh, it could get better. Oh, it's just going to work itself out. Like, how do you actually, you know, I think in those cases, sometimes like your gut instincts uh, sometimes might be better to go off of, which is like, oh, if it's not working now, 
Maybe we'll give it one more try. We'll have some specific things we're working on or specific feedback that we can actually improve on. But I think you have to be really quick, especially when you think about how relationships become such an important factor of, you know, customer success and how we actually retain customers and, um, and try and drive, you know, the relationship and value aspect. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point. And, um, you know, something else that I would say is, you know, if you can intervene before the customer has to raise their hand, obviously that's the better way to manage this. So if there is data to help support whether or not that the resource you've got allocated to a specific account, especially if it's one of your larger ones, um, you know, read the data and make sure that you're having open and transparent conversations with the person on the account. Sometimes what I have found is that members of my team don't want to raise their hand and say like they're struggling with something or that a customer is being difficult and they're not meshing, the relationship isn't vibing, uh, right? So they, they want to make sure that they're doing everything they can and you know maybe they won't raise their hand. But if you can identify some data, patterns, trends, anything so that way you can intervene as a leader to open up and initiate that conversation, especially if you know the success plans aren't advancing or not building the right relationships, those could all be red flags. And so even just brokering the appropriate conversation internally to then manage that with the customer. So I would say just another way to manage that is, you know, if you can be proactive, try to use the data to support that activity. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, so for the most part, data can help be objective in some of those situations too, uh, which is, you know, what you might be shooting for. So, um, back to, so flip back to my scenario for a minute. I'm curious maybe to, to dive on one quick thing for with you, which is, um, do you develop offboarding plans for your, like, if you have a churned account right now in, you know, at your organization, do you have a playbook or CTA that's fired? And it's kind of like that offboarding plan idea where it's basically just like, all right, you know, what's the minimum that we have to put into this account? And like, how do we just make sure we've got an amicable, you know, we're, we're going to keep relationships and move on, but uh, kind of put a little time. Is there anything that you do there? So we've got basically a, a, we've got a CTA and playbook built into Gainsight that is not necessarily for offboarding a customer, but it's like customer close lost. And so there are a sequence of steps and activities that need to take place if a customer is leaving or has left, right? And there's certain, you know, conversations we want to help make sure that we're facilitating. One is that open conversation to get that feedback directly from the customer, right? What could we have done better? How could we have navigated this? What did you need from product, from customer success, from services, so on and so forth, right? Just to learn as much. Um, other steps that we have in there is to make sure that appropriate tools and technology is turned off, access is revoked, right? Things like that to make sure it's all happening. Um, yeah. And one step in there that we do have is to close out the partnership with the POC. And so we don't specific, we don't lay out the specificity around all the tasks and activities, but we bake into one item there that does say like, you know, have the appropriate conversation with your point of contact. And that could be, hey, can you help us do an export of this data? Because we're going to need to upload it into a new system, or we just need to hold on to this for historical records. So it's, uh, we don't have a separate plan for it, but I think there are steps that definitely play into supporting that, that mindset and those activities in another playbook that we have. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I figured. Uh, I figured you had some, you know, CTAs built in, had some steps that you have to take. Um, awesome. Well, I think maybe let's switch gears to our second question that we're going to talk through, which is something that we both have to go execute in 2021. Um, you know, just thinking about how do we roll out and start thinking about just uh, an engagement model that maybe looks a little bit more like a pooled CSM type model. You know, how do we get maybe some self self um, self guided resources uh, to you know our customers that makes it a little bit uh, self service, makes it a little bit easier for them to kind of have information at their fingertips so they can go accomplish things. So. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe let's bounce back and forth and we can kind of do like a round robin between each other, maybe thinking about one thing that comes to mind as we're starting to go maybe execute or plan for this as we go into 2021. Um, like just, you know, things that we're thinking about and uh, I'll let you, actually, no, you started last time. Or no, I started last time. Yeah, you go, you can go first. You can, you can kick us off. What's, what's one thing you're thinking about as you go uh, plan for this and try and execute in 2021? 
Yep. So the first thing that we're doing um, is we're just mapping out our customer journey to figure out what are the points in that journey that we are going to be focused on automating, right? Because a big part of this is obviously the, the pooled resources is the team that's going to help execute this strategy. But the first thing that we're doing is we want to you know, the, even the objective here, right, is that we want to make sure that we are providing a similar journey for all of our customers, regardless of size. But we know that at a certain level and threshold, it's impossible to do that with a lot of human involvement because you're not going to staff the same resources if the ROI isn't there. So the first thing that we're doing is we took our journey and we started to map out all the steps and stages and milestones across the entire journey that we needed to automate. And so it was, it was that research and mapping exercise that we kicked off with because that helped us figure out then tools, people, processes, all of that. So it was mapping it out first. Love it. Yeah. Um, I think that's critical. I think about the um, almost like MVP, like minimum viable products, you know, become has becoming, you know, or has become or has been used big in terms of uh, software development. Like I think about that as like for this customer journey piece too, um, just like what is what is the minimum viable product? And I use it, I use that term maybe in the sense of like, what is every customer going to get as their digital experience? Like that's the minimum that anyone's going to get is like, there's always going to be some sort of digital touch where we're leading them with these interactions. We're doing something there. So, um, so yeah, that customer journey becomes important in that. The, um, I would say the one thing I'm thinking about right now is, is, um, around self-service a lot. So, and I'm thinking, how do we get information more readily at their fingertips? So, you know, right now, I wouldn't say that we've got a great um, a great way that we're we're doing that. You know, I think there's there's some good things that we're moving on. There's some great ways that we're getting in touch and engaging with uh, our customers. But I think by and large, there's just more that we can do, especially in product um, by driving by using a tool like Pendo, WalkMe, you know, Gainsight PX, whatever it might be. I just think you know how. So to me, what starts to be, I guess, from the customer experience angle that I'm in right now is like, how do we reduce friction in getting them answers to what they're trying to solve? And that answer might be a support question, or that answer might be a best practice, or it might be a, you know, product specific question, but I just think about how do we reduce friction and reduce time to, um, to their answers so that they can actually move forward. Uh, especially if, you know, we're going to be moving to a model where, uh, our human resources and our capital is, you know, being spent, um, in other areas, then I want to be, I want to make sure that there is uh, a way for them to do that. And so I think about, um, that a lot, which is, you know, how do, how do we reduce that friction between all of our systems and tools? And then also like, if we, if we are getting them access to those things quicker, um, is there the appropriate documentation or language? You know, do we actually have the right answers on those platforms that they can get access to? So that's, um, I don't know, reducing friction maybe is the thing I'm thinking about a lot with that. I think I'm taking the same approach. I'm thinking about it differently, right? So I mapped out my journey first. And the second thing I'm doing is figuring out what technology that I have or need in order to deploy that program, right? So now that I've got all yep. of my milestones mapped out, what does my tech stack look like to support the execution of it? Um, because it will all be data data ignited, right? Yep. And then executed by some means of technology. So everything will happen because a data point tells us that now is the time or here is the thing. And then we got to make that a reality. So the execution of that through our software. So we know that we're using, you know, we've got Gainsight to help us do a lot of that. We talked about Gainsight PX, you just mentioned that. So we'll be using that um, to do in-app. We've got it to do kind of journey, journey orchestration of like different milestones. We're also using our marketing software, uh, Pardot, which is what we use instead of Marketo, which seems to be a bit more common. Um, but we're using, you know, kind of an auditing of our technology that what do we have in place today that we can use to make that a reality as well as our kind of application to collect data and insights to, again, surface and some bubble that up to our customers. Um, so I think very similar on, on my part two to yours. Um, yeah. I would say the third thing that we're focusing on once we get past technology is more on the, um, the communication of it. 
So now we're trying to map out what is the internal communication. So we're not even at customer communication, but now that yeah. we've started to map this out and we've said that this is a thing that we're going to do as a company. And I, and I do the mapping of these things first because I want to be able to provide the, the team with some idea and vision of what this will look like and how it will impact their day to day and how we're going to plan to execute it. So that's why I do the first two things before. But that internal comms piece is super important because it does impact a lot of people, right? Or maybe, you know, a, a handful yeah. of people, depending if you've got a few resources, but they need to know how this is, you know, how their job is going to change as a result of all this automation being built out. Yeah. Um, and I love that focus on the um, internal communication first, obviously, because we need to be able to communicate that with our internal teams about what the expectations are, um, you know, how are we gonna, what's the verbiage we're going to use, you know, like I think um, getting clear and consistent on, on what's happening internally first can only, you know, the employee experience is going to drive the customer experience. So um, getting clear on that. The, um, I also think, you know, obviously coming after internal communication is going to be the external piece. And I think that's the one that everyone tends to focus on a lot, which is like, you know, how do you, how do you make sure the customers don't feel like we're taking something away from them? Or how do you make sure, you know, and, and kind of word it in a way that doesn't, you know, hey, you might not have a dedicated CSM. That sounds really scary to tell a customer, like, what's the verbiage you're going to use? You know, how do you do that? Um, and so I, you know, after the internal communication, the external piece to me, the, I think there's got to be some like authenticity and trust in that, you know, in that you kind of build with your customers around, you know, hey, um, we're, and that's where I think the self self service resources come in a lot, which is, hey, we're getting you access to information. We're thinking, you know, we're thinking about the experience and journey you're going to have. Uh, we're getting that more readily available to you at your fingertips. Uh, and so focusing on those aspects about how we're making it easier for them to um, to get the responses, get the answers that they need, uh, and not necessarily focus, you know, on the one to one. I also think the I also think too though the the interesting part is um, that we're thinking about a lot, I guess, as we go to this external communication too, is how we're actually bringing peers together um, and how that can actually be beneficial. Obviously we're a community company. So how do we bring peers together as part of our ethos? But I think making that also a center of our message is going to be pretty interesting because I think that's also one of the things that we've heard the most from our customers is, is we actually learn a lot and learn best from our peers, how they're implementing the software, the challenges, the opportunities they're going through, like they just enjoy connecting with one another. And so I actually think that's gonna be a positive for us to really hone in on, which is like, hey, we're gonna introduce more programs that are peer-to-peer -peer driven, that are peer-led. Um, and that's actually gonna be a way that we can also um, kind of roll out more of our kind of pool, their one-to-many approaches, um, is that you know we're, we're kind of tapping into something that they've already told us. Um, so I think we get a benefit in that. I'm not sure every business has that benefit. Um, and so that's something that we're focused on a lot right now is around this external communication. Like what, what's the verbiage we're gonna use? How are we gonna present it in a positive light? And make sure the customers are focused on the outcomes, which is more about you know helping them achieve what they're trying to do and that it's less about having a dedicated person and more about we're helping you achieve those outcomes no matter what it is. And like this is this type of experience is actually gonna be a better one for you. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's super important. I think one thing I would do before my external comms is probably build out my processes. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe like build it and then they will come. Uh, I don't want to communicate anything that I'm not ready to support, but um, you know, following the build, I, I do believe that the external communication is pivotal, right? And the way I see it is, and, and why I think that we're moving this direction anyway, is because it is better for our customers. It is a better experience. Right now, um, you know, the team that we've got, we've got three people staffed against 2,400 customers in our long tail. Right, so you have to imagine the experience for our customers is suboptimal. Yeah. Um, right, and it's 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 the most reactive thing you can ever imagine. It's very heavily commercially focused. There's very little value being driven to these customers. So we only see this as a net positive outside yeah. of a person name by name that you can reach out to. I mean, that's the only difference. But in this case, we are going to create an email alias that 
maybe we give this person a fictitious name and maybe it's like Bob, right? Like whatever the case may be, if you need to humanize it and create a person, um, yeah. the idea there is that they email into an alias that almost feels a bit pooled, almost like tech support. And it can be powered by Zendesk, which is what we're considering right now is what is the technology to power that inbound communication from our customers. Um, but you know, it's really, it's the management of that. And because we're going to have multiple resources staffed against that inbound communication, it's going to act like that concierge, but we're going to be more timely in our responses because we will have more systems in place to disseminate information. We'll be able to categorize things. We'll be able to respond better, faster, quicker with, with better content and context. So, you know, I only, only see this as an upside for our customers and that's the way we're going to drive it, right? Like we're doubling down on all the resources to support their journey. And even though it is a little bit of the help them help themselves, probably more so than it had been in the past, we will also be sure to communicate that, you know, should you need a resource, we are here, right? And we're going to use data to make sure that we know when to proactively intervene also, which is something that we're probably not doing a lot of today because we'll be able to use that data to power, like when somebody on our team should be reaching out to a customer. Yeah, um, I love that point too. Like, I think we I, we're almost in the same boat where I think we have a suboptimal in the long tail already. So, like, anything is actually going to be looked at as net positive for the most part. Yep. Um, and so, again, I think it's you know net positive, and then focusing on how this is going to impact their you know at the end of the day, it's it's not really going to be any worse than what they've got right now. And so, um, yeah, I agree with that for for sure. The other the other part, and just like you mentioned earlier, I love the way you actually use data data ignited. Um, <laughs> The other part that I'm really trying to help uh, our teams think about and focus on as well is how, um, again, we've got a we've got a product that can do a lot. It can it can it's very robust and it can you know it can pretty much um, you know do what we need it to or do what you want it to. But I also think like there's there's some uh, how can we get that very into like a simple term? Like how do we actually make that simple in the sense that um, we should be identifying? And I think this is where you're going with some of the data piece, right? We should be identifying a couple of core. Uh, themes or areas that they should be engaging with in the product. And when they're not, how do we surface that very quickly to say, hey, we've noticed you haven't done X, Y, and Z in the last couple of weeks or months. Like that, that's, we know that that's going to be detrimental to you as we go forward. So how do we get you in there? Here's some, you know, here's why you'd want to go do that. Here's some training about how to go do that. Here's a guided tour on how to go do that, right? Like, I think the, the whole idea of just um, getting some of this data at the fingertips and driving that experience, um, you know, I think to back that up even a step further or back that up a step, I think some people get lost in the data sometimes, right? We have all this data that we should be using and it needs to all be correlated and connected, which I agree with, but at the same time, sometimes it's a pipe dream because it's never going to happen. So I also just like to start with like, you know, we've got admin level data right now. How are we just going to drive that experience? We know you're not doing automation rules, which is a big powerful part of our platform. We notice you haven't done that yet or we haven't, you haven't updated one in weeks. How do we just surface that? And to me, going back to the word you used earlier, data ignited, we can ignite some sort of value that's just off of that one little piece of data and it's not going to be revolutionary it's not going to be changing the world but it's just going to impact that person slightly where they just now got a little bit more of a positive experience because they're like oh i should be using automation rules and i'm glad they gave me the reminder and now i've got some something that i can actually action off of um and that's where i think those valuable moments start to add up over time if you can do those in a in a good way yeah, and I think what's important too is we're all figuring this out, right? Is also figuring out how you're measuring the success of the program. And so to your point, right? Like if you're using this data ignited approach where you're having technology power some activity that's going to impact your customers, are they actually doing what you need them to do? Right. Yes. And making sure that you've got a mechanism to track that. Because at the end of the day, if you build out this whole program, but the customers are not behaving differently as a result of it, 
then you're where you were before, only you've now deployed a lot more resources and time against it, right? So you've got to make sure that you understand what are the behavior changes that you need to see in order to measure the effectiveness of it. And that's what it's got to be, right? You don't need to see internal metrics. You need to see data behavioral changes for your customers, right? So I think yeah. it's to map that out as well as part of your program is not only figuring out what it is that you're mapping, how you're going to deploy it, communicating that, but like also making sure you are very clear on how you're measuring success and impact of the, the whole new model. Yeah, and I think this actually goes back to your customer journey aspect, because I think one of the things in the journey should be um, some of these milestones that we know customers should be reaching with within the product or within their, like for us in, in the community, right? There should be community milestones that we know that they're reaching. And if they're not getting there, then that's a clear way that like we need to be measuring why they're not getting there. And then that's where we're delivering some of the value. So um, the other point, which I find very interesting as well, there's not a lot of writing on actually deploying pooled CSM models and actually like tactical level, actionable level detail about this stuff. Like I do a lot of Google searching and I look, I mean, you and I, you might actually have stuff. I don't know. You might, you might have pulled some stuff from other people, but I look on LinkedIn a lot. Like I look at, in a lot of places and I am just shocked at how little there is about people actually going to implement this type of strategy. Like there's not a lot of documentation about it, which I think is interesting. Um, Cause I think we talk about it a lot, but it just doesn't seem like people actually go do it. Maybe I don't so know. I'm going to task us with making sure that whatever we put together in 2021, Let's document it. all of our stuff so we can be that resource for, for the community because I agree that I haven't seen anything out there. I'm kind of just doing what I think is right and it feels right and it sounds right and everyone seems to be on board with what I say. So um, I'm going to use that as my my point of validation, but we're going to build it and we'll iterate as needed. But I think, you know, let's make that the mission for you, me and Jay and yeah. pump that into the community because I do think it would be an invaluable resource. Um, you know, we could talk about this until we're blue in the face, but I do think that people need a blueprint, hence our podcast name. They need a blueprint on how do we go and do this successfully, right? Oh my gosh. I love that you just made that connection. We should come out with like the Jay, Jeff and Christy blueprints for like topics that we come up with. Yes. Like that would be, yes. how great would that be? I love it. Probably documenting this stuff anyway, somewhere in like our LMS system yeah. internally, right? <laughs> You've got to communicate that. So. We got to take our internal comms, package it together. Let's brainstorm on some stuff, riff it, and then put it in the community. Because I think that those are the types of things, The at least from what I'm hearing, that's what everyone needs, right? Like they are they are really struggling because they don't have a framework that they can execute against. And yeah. listen, you guys were consultants before this, so no one knows better than you on how to build a, a tool or framework that can be inserted anywhere. Jay's the king of them. Jay's great at, you know. Consulting, coming up with presentations, we're, we're great at that. Um, awesome. Well, I know we're right at time. So, Christy, this was fun. This is our first one together. Yeah. Knocked through some, knocked through some uh, churned accounts and thinking about how to move resources around and then, uh, you know, knocking out on some, uh, knocking out on some, rocking out on some, uh, some ideas just for our uh, 2021 plans around executing, you know, pooled CSM and getting some, some more self-service resources. So, uh, I don't think we'll be back next week. I think we'll be back in 2021. So, uh, it was nice to know you in 2020 and we'll see what you're like in 2021. <laughs> I'm going to be better uh, and smarter and probably less stressed. Yeah, definitely. These are goals. I'm definitely going to be, I'm going to be thinner. I'm going to be a, a better version of me. Everything in 2021 is going to be lo looking better. So, so much better. Uh, so much better. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk to you again soon, Christy. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk before new, the new year, you know, but um, happy holidays and we'll, uh, we'll do this again soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.